better or worse, the relationship between science, film, and media has long been intertwined. We're here to dissect that relationship, turning it inside out for all to see. And throughout the years, one truth has revealed itself. You don't need good science to make a good movie. But it sure makes it better. Hi everyone and welcome to the Real Science Cast, the podcast where three highly qualified professionals pick a movie and then pick apart the science. You're listening to W1034R, the year. My name's Kenan Smith. Hey, 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 ladies and germs out there, my name is Sean Crossan and I'm here. Boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, woo, you know. <laughs> I, I hate almost every radio show that has fit that sort of niche, like, uh, thing oh sorry i'm uh michael pace and that's I'm right we've got michael pace in the studio yeah, today I'm here to break the bit no and i want to take it. his top off hey oh i got a super super full of good 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 gravy loves my nipples okay well you did you did break the bit hi we're a podcast i did we're a podcast and we watch movies uh about we watch movies about science and this time we watched a movie called uh uh, the a quiet place the called a quiet it place. A. it's it's a yep mm-hmm. yeah it's not really about science but we're gonna we're gonna fucking talk about the science in it because bet you bet mm. your butt there's a lot of science in there i, I would say really that just... there's two science in here sorry pace go ahead you could but you could bet your butt on it though you could you could put your butt right on it and then <laughs> and then put your money where your butt is and mm-hmm. then you'd be good to go right? i would bet john krasinski's ass that there's at least a little bit of science and he has this. Oh, really good ass. He's Almost got as good. Ass to spare. <laughs> <He's> t- <laughs> what the fuck is happening? We're turning back into the radio show that we started off this. As. That's true. Uh, hold on. Now, John Krasinski, his his wife, um, Emily Blunt. Uh, Emily Blunt is also in this movie. That right? is correct. Mm-hmm. And they're married in this movie. John Krasinski plays. Actually, okay, hold on, real quick. Um, somebody pull up the IMDb page. I'm going to. Okay. No, I already I don't have it. Do that. Okay, excellent, excellent, excellent. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm stalling, I'm stalling. Okay, oh, oh, let me just keep pulling it up. Just pulling yep. it up. Here we go. Yep. And Here we're pulling it up. HTTP colon backslash backslash imdb.com slash www.imdb.com. Dot com, of course. I forgot the www. Let me start back over. Why don't I, you excellent, know what? I'm just going to go ask Jeeves <laughs> to take me to imdb and ooh, he can ooh, set that Jeeves up for Jeeves is really me. good at that. Okay, yeah, now that Jeeves I have this good up. At, Okay, look. The, oh, it opened up. Here we go. Okay, so perfect, 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 perfect. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna list the act the I'm gonna list the characters in this film, and then I would like one of you to say who played them. Okay, I'm, that's not gonna go well for me. I'm looking at the IMDb page. Is that cheating? <laughs> uh, no. Okay, maybe this is not a, a little game. bit. Okay, right, hold on. It. Okay, strong shotgun mom. Okay, that's Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. Okay, burly haunted father. Okay, John that's John Krasinski. Yeah, Monster Slayer. Uh, okay, that um, is Millicent Simmons. Mm-hmm. Chicken Baby. <laughs> that's Noah Jupe or okay. Jupe. I don't know. <laughs> and Worm Food. Oh, oh, Cade Woodward. Cade Woodward. Ooh, sorry, old Cade. man in the woods makes a surprise appearance. <laughs> Leon Russum. <laughs> this is all. This is the only people in the film. Hey, Kenan, you can't do the rap siren. People are gonna. Oh, sorry, you're right. 
Let me do it in reverse. I'll take it back. Oh, my God. Thank you. That was really effective. <laughs> I'm so glad you have that button on your soundbar. Face, do you want to do the disclaimers? Yeah, I would love to do the disclaimers. Um, so this is a podcast where we are three uh, very smart PhD doctors <laughs> yeah. who are going to get Smart in, people often into... have to say how smart they are. Yeah, I know. It's not like we're compensating for anything. You know what? I'm trying to do these right now, and you're fucking interrupting me. Oh, my God. Hey, listen. Um, you interrupted my radio show. Sean, be quiet and let Pace do this. This is okay. His thing. I'm sorry. I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna sit. We back. are three very, very smart, very smart adults with mm-hmm. with uh, philosophy doctors. And yes. so, what we're gonna do <laughs> is we're gonna take this. We're gonna. Ooh, I'm I'm hungry. We're gonna take this science in this movie and we're gonna break it down for you. We're gonna tell you if it was good, if it was bad, or if it was mediocre. And then we're also going to tell you if we thought it was an entertaining movie as well but if if you are housing a young uh a a youngin in your home and Mm -hmm. you don't want them to hear uh potentially some inappropriate language um like uh like chestnuts and (laughs) roasting fires then you better ding dongs put and ding dong you should put them to bed Mm -hmm. in their in their bed but tell them to be quiet because then they because they might get killed by the uh armor plated uh, ultrasonic hearing and aliens if they're not quiet in this film that's right this mo- this this, film. this podcast is rated e for everyone and the but the e also stands for accept your six-year-olds right and younger <laughs> that's exactly right it's a very exactly confusing right. rating um the they, esrb is out of their fucking minds it's not my yeah. fault <laughs> they really are it's they true. really didn't anticipate the level of cursing we were gonna have on the show when they gave us the e rating so they just put a little asterisk and then mm-hmm. yeah they're like, the I don't is- know what category the word chud muffin falls into, but I guess if you're six or less, chud muffin. You can't they're like, they're chud like, muffin is PG thirteen for sure. They're like, these guys are just yeah. hitting each other in the chestnuts right and left, and I don't know if we can if we can have all this on there. To pace is right, chud muffin is PG thirteen because you only sure. get one chud muffin per film, and that's how you Absolutely. keep your PG thirteen rating. Absolutely, yes, yes. Because people will only tolerate it once. <laughs> Does, right? Who is, wants to do so. the? <laughs> this is a wild one, guys. This is a real. Who wants to do the plot and talk about the part where they say "chud muffin" in the film? Uh, I think it's Sean and I that are doing it, yeah. right? The rolling. That's you know, correct. I That's realized why I asked. for the audience, uh, this is why we don't record on Fridays normally. Because <laughs> yes. we're just throwing chud muffins left and right. Uh, it is a pandemic, and also it's the end of the week. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yes, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We've been in our house forever, and uh, we're just feeling like a bunch of chud muffins right now. Mm-hmm. All right, I That's got my, right. That's I got right. my dice, my die pace. Are you ready? All right. I also have my die. Yeah, I'm ready. Oh, I rolled a one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got an 11, which is two ones side by side. Oh, well, that means you have to do the plot twice. Does it? I think That's Pace has to in a row. do it because he crit how failed. I think I had pace to do it. Pace does have to do it. So, Pace, I have a quick question. Yep. You messaged on the uh, Facebook.com messenger app uh, group message uh that we have together Mm -hmm. that we talk to each other about our podcast on yeah um and in it you said oh i watched the film a couple of weeks ago yeah it was pretty good have you seen it since uh no i haven't but i feel good about my explanation okay all right um and it was about a month ago actually that's not bad all right i am not i'm gonna withhold judgment until you're done okay um so I think it actually won't take too long to explain the plot in this film. Yeah. So this movie is set in the near future. Um, and I would say it's probably considered post-apocalyptic 
más o menos, mm -hmm. um, because uh, most of Earth's population is is dead, and the animals and the wildlife have overgrown the world that we live in. But uh, we go into the first scene, which I think I think the first like few minutes of this movie are necessary to explain uh, mm -hmm. the most one of the most dramatic aspects of it. So we're in a grocery store, and uh, there's this family, three kids, two parents. Um, and the youngest child finds a toy, uh, an electronic toy that um, would probably uh, looks like it would it, it would emit some sort of uh, noise, beeping, etc. Mm. I think it's a spaceship. Um, what is the young child? I think the young child's name is Bo. Bo, got you. Okay. Yes. Um, okay. And so Bo has this toy, but his dad, John Krasinski, is like no you can't have this toy. Mm -hmm. And he's very sad about it, which mm -hmm. is fair. He's like four years old, right? Um, and so they're forced to leave it behind. Now, the family is leaving the grocery store having scalvaged. Scalvaged? That's a word now. Scavenged? Scalvi scavenged, scavenged and what they, what they want. Pace, in our current um, timeline, the world has ended. Language means nothing. No one can talk. That's true. So don't sweat. I think scavenged is a great word. You make right? up as many words as you want. I enjoyed it. Hell yeah. Thank you. They have scavenged their groceries, and uh, the middle child, a daughter, decides to secretly give the toy to the youngest child, Bo. Um, and so, and, and not tell their daddy because that's against the rules because um, they have to be quiet. Mm -hmm. And so they are on their way back to where we presume is their place of res residence, their home. And the child is playing with the toy. And uh, the toy begins to go off and make a very loud noise. I think it's, it's important to emphasize that in this movie, A Quiet Place, it's a quiet movie. Mm -hmm. And sound uh is impactful whenever it does happen like it's it's almost like alarming whenever it does happen um and so the child's toy goes off and there is just this look of visceral alarm upon john krasinski daddy's face as he runs mm -hmm. back to try to get physically close to his son to what we presume is an emergency situation to save him and before he can do so we see this gigantic creature emerge out of adjacent woods and the screen goes black right as the creature is about to collide eat destroy kill mm. uh his son it is implied him him eat boy yes him eat boy big creature big, big creature eat boy him eat boy and and so that's the beginning of this film so the their third child is in this movie for about a few minutes and then is killed off immediately and so then we kind of get a little bit of the history behind what this movie is about. So humanity has been mostly uh, wiped off of the face of the earth. And uh, there are these sort of armored creature, armored creatures, extraterrestrials, which which hunt via sound. Um, Pace, um, can you tell us how we know as the audience that the creatures have armor? They have armor because they are covered. Okay. I think it's, do you mean at this point in the film or just upon completing the film, we know well, they have armor because... So this is this is a part of the film that I am not going to fault you for not remembering, but there oh, is okay. a very impactful piece of prop. There's a prop in the film uh, that is a whiteboard that John Krasinski has in his possession um, that has mm. very key, very several very key plot elements to this film yes, written on it, including... right. right hunt by sound armor danger survive yep. what is their weakness weakness question yes. mark question mark question mark yes that's true 
Where it's almost like excessively crude, right? I, I don't. I want to make this point just real quick, and then I'll let you keep going. Yes. So please this do. Is, this is not a terrible film. We'll talk about it later. But at the beginning of this film, we have a couple things that happen. Nobody's making any noise. There's no sound. The dad keeps telling everyone to shut up. The mom is being very careful. They stop the kid yep. from holding on to a little uh, a little toy that makes a lot of noise. As they walk out of the front of the store, a little flapping piece of paper goes. It's sound that says on the sheet of paper right. that tells us yes. that, and then. Fucking yep. 10 minutes later, the movie's like, hey, just so you know, these monsters hunt people by sound. Just so you know, it's, it's right here. You can read it seven <laughs> times in the film. That's bad filmmaking. Well, I mean, John Straczynski didn't want to forget that that is what the monsters <laughs> use to hunt people. So he wrote it down as like a reminder. Because what if he looked at the board and he was like, okay, armor, got it. So don't, you know, throw rocks at them. And then he was like, mm-hmm. they hunt. Got to stay away from that. And then if he didn't write anything else, he'd be like, I just can't remember. It's been so long since I've seen one. So it's a bad board. Yeah. Please continue. Pace. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so the, the next thing that happens in this film is we get an idea as to what this family's day to day life is like at their home. We don't know where they live, but it's 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 fairly isolated. Um, they, they basically have all of these sort of uh, contraptions around their home to prevent uh, the the any any sound from occurring because these to, to the lengths at which they're going to prevent from making sound you you have to think these creatures hunting them are just hypersensitive um uh, to the point where even miles away they might be able to hear something and we also learn that the mother in this family is pregnant um and she is in the final stages of her pregnancy i had this fun moment whenever watching it when i was like oh having a baby during this fucking shit show of an apocalypse, post-apocalyptic world, would be highly difficult yes. <laughs> to do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They, they essentially engineer, like, a tiny coffin for the baby to be in so it yeah. can cry. Yeah. Like, it's like a padded soundproof box with an oxygen yes. tank um, so that the baby can, yeah, like, live. And, and they also soundproof what looks to be, like, a, a basement in their home uh through which to sort of like i assume like keep the baby and and uh in which to like like the, the birthing will take place and everything um i hope they also s- sleep down there because i would be fucked in this apocalyptic scenario i snore so fucking loud <laughs> yeah there's That's we'll get point. we'll get to some of the shit because i have some questions about the way they've lived their lives do you have, here do you but... have some qualms are there <laughs> some, some qualms there's a i have a qualm or two all right, let's pace. Let's let pace wrap up then. Yeah, yeah. Let me do this. Um, so I, we we learn what their daily life is like, and they're trying to uh, reduce sound. And so the, there's a lot of sort of uh, this is a slightly montage point where they they go through the sort of like uh, the father showing uh, showing the son how like water can mask a lot of the uh, noise that they make, so they can talk whenever they're around rushing water. Um, and uh, we we eventually get to what I'll call like the one of the climax points um, at the mm. film, they are alone at their, uh, the, the mother, Evelyn, um, mm-hmm. is alone at her house uh, and she's going into labor, yeah. right? Um, and so uh, she's on her way down to, to the basement mm-hmm. um, and she steps on a nail. And uh, it's not even like sound that she makes uh, from stepping on the nail that, that, alerts the nearby creatures to their home i think she like drops a mirror or something right she drops something it's a picture and that's of worm what actually, food. it's a yes sure <laughs> On um, his boat, a year after he was brutally murdered yeah yes right. <laughs> right uh damn that's 
Yeah, sorry, that was a little so distasteful, dark. but it is just so a movie. Dark, so yes. I know, I know. And the whole time, the daughter is just very regretful. She hates herself. She thinks she killed her brother, and all this stuff is happening. But that's that's in the, that's in the background. Um, but eventually, this leads to a sequence of events. All the, the rest of the family is out is out doing something. Uh, the daughter is out looking at the grave of her brother. Uh, Daddy and el- eldest son are out hanging out by the river fishing. Um, Chicken and baby. The wife's going into labor. What's that, Ken? Uh, his name is Chicken Baby. Chicken Baby. Yes, sorry, Chicken Baby. And so uh, this this leads to uh, a monster, uh, one of the extraterrestrial creatures, to uh, come to their home and is pursuing the wife, Evelyn, this, this entire time. And the rest of the family eventually comes back, and she had lit these lights, these sort of warning danger lights, red lights around the house so that people, so that they know this is a bad situation. And eventually, she, the family gets inside. They, they, she has the baby. But then in a sequence where the, the kids are still back out in this grain silo, um, the father, John Krasinski, goes out to go rescue them. And uh, the wife had fallen asleep post-birth. Uh, and she wakes up to a pipe that had burst as a result of the alien invasion. And her basement is flooding. And one of the creatures has made it inside the basement. And so eventually we get to a point where uh, we're finally back outside the home and uh, the kids have isolated themselves inside a pickup truck. And John Krasinski is coming to attempt to save them from an alien which is pursuing them. And then he realizes that uh, he's not going to be able to help them. So he yells out very dramatically and sacrifices himself in order to save his kids. Other important things happen throughout this uh, <laughs> sort of this sort of plot synopsis that I'm doing, including oh, yeah. uh, we us us learning that uh, the daughter who is deaf, her cochlear implant uh, emits a feedback that the aliens are very susceptible to. Mm. That's an important plot point that I feel like I should mention. Yeah, that's going to be pretty important later on. <laughs> they do yeah, it's pretty use important. it to murder aliens at the end of the film. Yes, yes. So speaking of the end of the film, nice. upon the death of John Krasinski, they, eventually the entire family gets back inside and down into their basement, um, and one of the aliens is down there with the wife, Evelyn, and then the daughter realizes that the feedback emitted by her cochlear implant causes the aliens to be in extreme pain and so she amplifies this uh with a radio that they have installed in their home doing this essentially a lot makes the armor plating on the aliens like open and expose fleshy areas including their ears and emily blunt is is able to shoot the alien with a shotgun to kill it and then the sound of the shotgun leads to more aliens being attracted to their home but now the family knows the alien's weakness, and they're ready to fight back. Um, and that's actually when the movie ends. So that's right. Um, there's going to be a sequel with the with the feedback scene where uh, the eldest child learns that her cochlear implant can um, weaken aliens. The movie goes from the tone of the rest of the film to basically Die Hard uh, for the next like two minutes, <laughs> uh, yeah. because. A film in which we get a tortured father grappling with the death of his son and the guilt of making his daughter feel like it's her fault, and then a mother trying to raise several children in a harsh environment. Uh, the film ends with the mom cocking a shotgun. Yeah. 
That's a quiet true. place too is going to be that like a quiet true. place do colon shut up and die aliens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> Emily Blunt with two shotguns just blasting them. <laughs> a quiet place too. Welcome to Earth. Welcome, welcome to Earth, motherfuckers. Welcome to it's, Earth, you chestnuts. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth noting, John, John uh, Krasinski wrote and directed this. Yeah, like, wasn't this, this his was first his film? Little baby project. So, oh, it's his first film. I think that is correct. Like, as, I think this like, is the director? first full-length film that he made. Yeah, as a director. Mm-hmm. So that's like, this is a pretty fucking good movie for a first film. Once we start talking is. about all the massive like qualms I have with this movie, or it, and then we realize it's still a good movie, you're gonna be like, "Wow, John Krasinski did a pretty good job," I guess. Yeah, he did a fucking good job. Oh, actually, you it know what? He directed like, three episodes of The Office, which is a bad show, but we won't hold that against him. Wow. It's not Jeez. a good show. Everyone hypes up that shit. And then, it is not a good TV. It's like you don't even care about Jim and Pam's love. It's like I don't even care about everyone on Tinder. He did <laughs> He did direct another movie called hey, The Hollers from wait, 2016, on, but I don't know what it is. What's up? Hey, hey Kenan, I haven't been on Tinder. Does everybody talk about Jim and Pam on Tinder? Oh, everyone's profile <laughs> says, I'm just a Jim looking love for my Pam. Love The Office. Are you serious? Oh, every single person. Everyone on Tinder person, loves The Office. Every single person. <laughs> Everyone loves they, The Office, tacos, and tequila, and that's all the yes. dating profiles. And, Cannon, did you know those are personality traits? They're all personality. No, listen, what? those are yep. all things that are good, but everybody likes no. those things. I need to know more things about you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> anyway. I'm just a gym looking for my Pam is the worst yeah. statement I've ever heard. It's, it's terrible. It's terrible. Well, we, we have to move on. I'm so sorry to everybody who has really boring Tinder profiles. I'm just a John looking for Mike Krasinski. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a uh, fuck. I'm just an Emily looking for my blunt. <laughs> blaze it. I'm just like. Hell yeah. 420 blaze it. <laughs> okay. Oh. Sorry. We can move on. <laughs> no, you're good. I'm just mad that I can't think of anything. So here's the question. I feel like we should. Th- there's some science in this movie. Yeah. Sure. Right? There's yeah, some. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which we're going to talk about. You know, I think, guys, there's so much science. We're going to bring a guest on later. And they're yeah. going to cover a lot of the, you know, audiology related science. So I think we should cover real quick the non-audiology science before we that bring in smart. our guest. Yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. We should definitely do that. Okay, perfect. What do you have on the docket, Sean? What do you think that we should talk about first? Well, Kenan, I was going to ask you that, but you beat me to it. So I guess I got to think about what we're going to talk about first now. So, well, so I did have, I did have something. I just asked you that to trip you up. Um, so one, (laughs) one issue that I had is that I, well, it's moreover that it's just not explained, which honestly is fine. Like that's how science movies should do it, but it still feels like a qualm that these aliens shotgun blast is a great example, uh, falling, picture frame down a flight of stairs is a good example typically in this movie a sound happens right like a single sound Mm -hmm. and then we know from john krasinski's various scribblings on his magical whiteboard that there are three of these organisms out in the environment around them right they're not in the immediate area because they're huge and we can see them but they're just out and about but a couple times in the movie a sound happens and then these aliens show up exactly where it is like exactly where it happened so that doesn't make a lot of sense to me honestly because you can determine directionality after a sound has happened but determining the origin the point of origin of a sound is a different story entirely after the sound has ceased 
So there's no, it's no longer emitting any sound waves. Unless the aliens are somehow able to triangulate where a thing is, like based on a sound that all three of them heard, then I don't see how these aliens are hunting anything that's not making constant noise. That makes tons of sense. That is a perfect qualm, Kenan. <laughs> I would suspend that qualm if... Now, granted, I'm normally in the camp of like, if it's in the movie, if it's not in the movie, it doesn't matter. Uh, looking at you, The Rise of Skywalker. Um, but if like John Krasinski showed up and he was like, Oh, actually the aliens like can communicate with one another and they do so. And that's how, like there's three of them around the farm and all three of them hear the sound. So they work with each other to figure out where it came from. Great. That sounds perfect. Like I would, I would buy that. That's fine. Because this is like how these animals might hunt like in an area, but none of that is mentioned in the film. One thing that I did, I, I thought about that too. Um, and so, and the, the, I, the closest thing that I found in my reading that might, it's, it's not, it doesn't justify that, mm-hmm. but I thought it was really interesting that it's partially related is that, um, so owls, which are the greatest animal of all time, um, hmm. interestingly have asymmetrical ear locations on their body for pinpointing where sound comes from. Oh, interesting. And so... And and so like like for example like a, a barn owl's left ear is slightly higher than the right ear, uh, so that sound coming from below the owl's line of sight will be louder in the right ear as opposed to the left ear, so they can like pinpoint from a like a directionality standpoint where now, it's coming from. Now that's, that's not that the shit. same as what the, say say what I said. Now that's that shit though. That is that shit. That's a lot less sophisticated than a, of a mechanism that would be needed to pinpoint the exact location of where something. Is right. These from, an, but, these animals are uh, hunting on a single plane. So exactly, exactly. Right. I have a pretty big qualm with this movie, and it's not about the science. It's about like the way mm-hmm. that they're behaving, kind of. So like they have this barn room that they built right. to deliver this baby in that's like clearly padded with a bunch of a bunch of insulation it's like covered with a mattress they've got all this shit down there so that she can go into labor and have a baby and they'll be fine and in this room when they first go in there and test it out they're like oh it's working like cuz they can talk and basically nothing's happening so they just built this room they've been alive for like over a year yeah. Just living not in a padded room. Why aren't you fucking sleeping in your soundproofed room that you made? Yeah. It's just like an empty room yeah. for having the baby. And I'm like, so you raise another another good point that's along the same vein is like they went in there and they're like, oh, shit, this works. So John Krasinski, he takes his son fishing basically to go check their like traps. Right. Um, and they go by the river and. Uh, one of the fish escapes. The kid freaks out because John Krasinski makes noise and he's like, chill. The river's making a lot of noise. Anything that's quieter than the sound of the river is fine. Let me show you something. And then we get this like actually really great scene, good scene, well-written scene where John Krasinski takes his son over to the waterfall and like calms him down and they yell into the waterfall. The only way that John would know that it's okay to scream into this waterfall would to be have just to done it. (laughs) To have done it, right? And so, yes. like, it makes it makes me risky. wonder, like, what you know, what fucking methods is he using to test like how loud he can be? Because it could have easily been like these animals are very sensitive to feedback, right? Extremely high pitched noises, high frequency noises. John could have walked out of this waterfall every single day, screamed in the waterfall, and been fine. And then when his like eight year old child comes out and soprano yells into the fucking waterfall then the aliens show up like that it's higher pitch exactly right? yeah. like <laughs> mm-hmm. yep yeah well and also like 
I mean, we will probably talk about this with Sarah a little bit, but this was like the main thing we brought up. If you can mask the sound with a louder sound, yeah. why aren't you just fucking doing that? Like, why are you not just playing a really loud sound on a speaker that covers like a massive area? They obviously have a generator running. They have electricity. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't... I, uh, they have electricity and shit. Yeah. It's like, why, why don't you just like play a loud noise and mask your own sounds? Because then... I'm not the sure if they had electricity. Did they? Yeah. They they had lights that they lit up. They had lights that they lit up the house with, and John Krasinski had... Now, granted, it doesn't use a lot of no. power, but John John Krasinski had, like, an entire radio and TV set up. That's true. Yeah. 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 So, but I guess, like, you could make the argument, Sean, like, the counterpoint is that everything that we see in the film that is making noise, the aliens basically destroy. Except so, the like, waterfall. Well, yeah, but you can't destroy... Well, I mean, <laughs> what are they going to do? You know... Leap, leap through it a couple I, times I and be like, oh, fuck, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, probably. <laughs> Just fucking gracefully skipping through the waterfall. All right, well, we sound like a bunch of dumbasses. We do. Do we have any other science, or should we bring in the real the real smart person for this episode? Let's bring him in. Let's do that. Yeah, let's bring in Let's bring in Sarah. I'm going to go get her. All right, let's get, uh, let's get Sarah in the studio. Yeah. Um, security? Hey, Jerry. Security. Yeah, you can, you can go ahead and let her in. Jerry, bring her in. Come on. Jerry! Thank you. Fuck. Come on. Okay, guys, stop yelling. What are you even fucking doing, Jerry? Hey, fuck you. Why do we even give you all this experience that we pay you in? Okay, can I have the day off, guys? No, but you can. No. You're fired. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's right. Thank you so much, Jerry, for bringing uh, Sarah in. We've got uh, Sarah Crossan. No problem. Like the one thing he's good for. Dr. Sarah Crossan in the studio. Um, Sarah, what do you do so i'm an audiologist what is that uh so an audiologist uh diagnoses and treats hearing and balance disorders shit that sounds a lot more important than what i do for a living (laughs) that seems so relevant to what we're talking about today just a little bit who put you who put you down as a guest speaker because this was a good fucking move uh that was um you know co-host sean crossan it had nothing to do with jerry he didn't give me the idea at all i didn't steal it from him this was all original me jerry sucks and you my friend have a raise oh excellent i can't wait for those (laughs) dividends to start coming in Mm -hmm. it helps a little bit that i specialize in cochlear implants specifically so there's that wait hold on what's a cochlear implant so a cochlear implant, like the one of the main characters in A Quiet Place wears, is a neurological prosthetic for hearing. So mm-hmm. in order for a patient to be a good candidate for a cochlear implant, right, they have to have a pretty significant amount of hearing loss. So hearing aids are one way the majority of hearing losses are treated. Um, really, honestly, depends on the type, like what part of the hearing pathway, right, is the problem. But hearing aids, right, make sound louder to help the auditory system carry sound a little bit better, basically. But Mm. cochlear implants work different from hearing aids because they don't just amplify sound, but they actually convert an acoustic signal into an electric signal. And the cochlear implant system has two parts, external equipment and internal equipment. And the external equipment picks up the sound, converts it into a digital signal, and then the internal implant underneath the skin actually receives that signal and stimulates the hearing nerve. Um, and then the brain ultimately receives that electrical stimulation and perceives it as sound. So you're saying that in layman's terms, the that a hearing aid is kind of the clapped and unplugged of hearing <laughs> devices, and the cochlear implant is the Jimi Hendrix of 
hearing devices. I like that analogy. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, TM, TM, TM. <laughs> uh, if Cochlear is going to use that, they have to pay me money. <laughs> hey, Kenan, I don't think you're going to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking rude. <laughs> Listen, I loved it. I'm just, I don't know if they would love it down under, you know? Well, I do appreciate that. So, so we know what a cochlear implant is now. It's the rock star of uh, hearing devices. What? How does it work? Can the you, rock star. Can you give us like some nitty gritty? Okay, so the nitty gritty, right? So we talked about the basics are that the external equipment picks up an acoustic signal and it converts it into an electric one, right? But if we get into the nitty gritty, so the external equipment, the part the main character is wearing on her head um, is called the speech processor or sound processor, right? So that external equipment has usually two microphones. We call it a dual microphone system because it helps with things like directionality and processing of the sound. You want some redundancy in the signal. So basically the right. external equipment uses the microphones on the processor to pick up sound, right? Converts it into a digital signal. And then there's actually mm -hmm. an RF link that links the external equipment to the internal implant. So there's a really, really short radio wave frequency transmission that happens between the external equipment and the internal device. And actually the external equipment's held in place with a magnet. So the person actually has a magnet inside their body as a part of the implant that holds oh. like the coil, that round part. That's what makes mm -hmm. a cochlear implant look different than a hearing aid, right? Is that little like orb, right? The little coil. I think we saw that in the movie. Right. Like they, right. uh, the actress like snapped it back on, into place uh, on her head. Right, yeah. exactly. Yep, yep. It's pretty interesting. So the main character, she in one scene is wearing like a cochlear branded external device and then like in the very next scene where it talks about like 400 something days later, she's wearing an advanced bionics brand device, which is like <laughs> error number one because that's not physically not possible unless somebody has surgery and you actually remove the internal equipment because it's proprietary. Oh my God. And people probably are not having surgery in this post-apocalyptic yep. world <laughs> yep. is what you're so, saying. So like the very first thing I noticed was her equipment from like scene one to scene two was like from wait, two different manufacturers. And I was like, okay, well, there we go. <laughs> so well, hold on. Well, maybe John God. Krasinski changed it out. But we you're saying like she would have sure. to remove the device that's inside her head in order to match the outside one, right? Yeah, because so, that... they make it as a system, right? The internal and external devices, the way they communicate, that RF link and everything, that whole pathway is proprietary. So you can't just exchange out external equipment without getting a new internal implant. Wow, that's wild. That that level of minutia is so appropriate for our show. I can't think of anything better. Sarah just came on our show, delivered more science than we have in the past like three episodes, and got to the minutia of some tiny scene in a movie. Is yes, yes. We're gonna be out of a job soon. Oh no, that's perfect. Man. That's absolutely perfect. Yeah. Fun fact though, We're royally the uh, actress. Oh my gosh, her name escapes me. Forgive me. I'm, you guys know I'm like literally the worst oh, at this. Hold on, Sarah. I think you know it. Yeah, I think you've got it right there in the forefront of your I brain. I think you remember you know, her name. All right, precisely in your frontal cortex. Yeah, Sarah, say it more confidently because you remember it. It's, it's, it's member. I definitely am not reading it off of your notes at all, at all. Melissa Simmons. Now you've got it. Oh, that's so right. I remember. Apparently, that. so she's deaf in real life. So I think she actually is fluent in ASL in real life and deaf in real life. I actually, uh, I need to do some research about whether or not she actually has an implant and um, what brand. But yeah, she she's. Fluent in ASL, and actually, I think did a lot of coaching for a lot of the actors and actresses in the movie. Wow, that's very cool. Okay. Hmm. Well, well, Sarah, do you think we could ask you some questions that uh, the boys um, have thought of 
based on the movie? We have questions. Yes, definitely. We have questions. I'm ready for it. Um, let's see. I, I have I have a question. I so um, the aliens' heads, and we, we get a lot of glimpses of what their I'll just say quote unquote ears mm-hmm. uh, look like in the movie. Um, do do these sort of like uh, do the does the structure of of these ears as we see them look like anything that you would perceive to be of like a level of sophistication that would that would yield the sort of like just absolutely super sonic hearing that that we see and then could they be able to to hunt with this type of hearing like does it does it make sense from your perspective oh, or is question. it just completely yeah, outlandish yes. good question so actually, I think that might have been like one of my favorite parts of the whole movie is the aliens' ears. <laughs> as nerdy uh, as that sounds, well, that makes sense. Yes. Actually, so um, and it's because they're actually like so cool and so realistic. Like when I think about an animal that would need anatomical structure to be able to hunt at that level of detail using sound, their ears might actually look something like that. So yes, absolutely. Oh, wow. interesting. So okay. if you so it's something that like relates to that makes me think of this. So. Literally in graduate school, I had to write like a 10 page paper about how the anatomy of the ear works like in an owl and literally how they localize. It was just kind of absurd. But if you Google what like a barn owl's ears look like, it's horrifying. So basically an owl's face (laughs) is right. Right before we brought you in, Pace was literally talking about barn owls here. (laughs) Oh, that's perfect. Okay, literally perfect. So the barn owl and actually a lot of owls, their faces are like freaking satellite dishes to collect and funnel Mm -hmm. sound. And actually their ears are slightly asymmetrical because it helps them localize sound. So you guys just talked about this. All right. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> no, you're you're emphasizing the point that I was making just like offhandedly. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you come in as an actual expert in, in hearing and reiterating that point proves that I was actually maybe onto something for once in my life. So thank <laughs> it's, you. It's really good to know, like it's good to, for someone to come on and for them to validate the bullshit that we're saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, so it does make sense that uh, whether this alien or any other type of animal, if they're going to utilize like a really, really um, high functioning auditory system, that they would need a lot of space to do so. And a so in the human ear, we call it the pinna, but right, a funnel to collect that. And actually like the folds in your ear and the human ear actually contribute to you being able to localize sound. Um, Right. The way your brain figures out where a sound comes from, you have to have two ears to do that. Right. If you're if you're deaf in one ear, it makes it really, really difficult to figure out where sound comes from. So Mm. um, it makes sense to me that these animals, like, first of all, have multiple ears and that they're so gigantic and have these really super detailed, large like ear holes. <laughs> yeah. So what? Just gigantic ear holes. What if a, like a baby was born with like smooth ears? You know what I mean? Or like say say like you're a boxer and you get cauliflower ear and it's just like all it's just all smooth except for the little hole in there. Is it harder to locate sound? Oops, all smooth. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And actually sound is probably a little bit more muffled because your ear serving as a funnel actually helps amplify sound. So huh. there are like hmm. disorders called microtia and atresia, where you have abnormalities of the external ear or the pinna or your ear flaps, right? 
that um, do like I don't degrade. like the word ear flap. <laughs> yeah. no. that, that's why that. they that's why they call it the pinna because someone they kept saying ear flap yeah, and they were so like much we better. need a word for this we can't keep saying <laughs> what, ear are, flaps. what do we call the meat bit like elephant <laughs> ear flaps are okay but. but yeah if you lose your pinna you can lose you know, like you lose some hearing essentially right because your whole auditory pathway yeah, is sense. responsible every structure in your anatomy is responsible for helping amplify the acoustic signal right because. Mm-hmm. Acoustic signal or sound waves, right, are just particles of air compressed in different patterns. So, mm-hmm, you know, right. in turn, that creates pressure and movement on your eardrum and the ossicles or bones behind your eardrum. But you need every bit of every structure functioning like properly in order to hear normally. So, if any way, even including your pinna, your external auditory system is altered, then it would impact the sound quality for sure. Yeah, so that's that's actually like the perfect lead-in to our next question. Um, we're talking about compressed air uh, and how that is effectively sound. Um, would the feedback from the cochlear implant uh, from the strong one uh, produce a painful enough experience? Like, do you think this is a likely thing that could happen? Uh, that would be uh, like, how do you think the way that it's portrayed affecting this organism is portrayed fairly accurately based on what we know about this organism? Oh, I love this question. Okay. This is the thing that probably like made me the most frustrated about the whole movie because the answer is mm. no, oh, mm-hmm. no, yeah. no, 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 no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so cochlear implants can't produce feedback. It's physically not possible, right? So the way feedback works, like think about your like you know at a wedding with a really bad uh, guy singing, right? And the every wedding sound comes into the <laughs> so microphone. Got it. Okay. <laughs> sound comes into the microphone, out of the speakers, and then back into the microphone and creates a, a loop, right? That's what feedback is. That's why people call yeah. it a feedback loop. Well, in order for that to be possible, which is why people hear hearing aids squeal and make all kinds of noises all the time, is because the microphone and the speaker are really close together. That's why it happens in hearing aids all the time. In a cochlear implant, it's physically impossible to produce feedback because you're not outputting sound. You're outputting electrical impulses to the auditory nerve. Ah, that makes sense. So, you know, if she had a hearing aid, sure, she could make that feedback sound. But with a cochlear implant, it's physically not possible. Like, cochlear implants don't make sound. They make electrical impulses. We were watching the movie, and the uh, girl's uh, cochlear implant starts squealing, and Sarah just goes like, what the hell? Are you kidding me? (laughs) uh, (laughs) I was like, yeah, is that not? And you're like, no. Are you kidding me? And then when she pulls it off her head and sticks it to a microphone to like play over a loudspeaker at the house, I was like, what is happening? No. (laughs) It's like putting a microphone next to a microphone and expecting something to happen. Yeah. It didn't make make any sense whatsoever. Sarah, welcome to watching any movie. That, no. we were, we were, I was like, Sarah, this is what we feel like all the fucking time. Yeah. Any science fiction film ever, it's like, okay, cool. Sure, that happened. Yeah. yeah. I literally up until that point was like, okay, this movie's like pretty good. This is this is interesting. There's like a lot of yeah. stuff about this. I'm like, all right, all right. Except for the girl with the cochlear implant still being deaf. So there's that. Like every yeah. scene oh, wait, where right. they show her uh, listening and she's wearing her speech processor, there's no sound. Like, why are you, why do you have a cochlear implant? And why are you wearing a cochlear implant processor if you're, if like, there's no sound? It right. just didn't make any sense. Like, it was cool from like a, like a filming aspect. They like cut out all the sound of the movie when they were doing stuff from the girl's perspective. So you're like, oh, I get it. Like, she's deaf. But then you're like, wait, you have an implant on your head. Are you just wearing a broken implant? Because then what's the point? Like, that doesn't yep. make any sense. Oh, so. you mean so after like John Krasinski, like, quote unquote, fixes it she still just wears it around the entire time yeah even yes. though she's yeah, like it's yeah, not yeah. working you're like yeah okay yeah 
It's like wearing glasses for your prescription that are just non-prescription glasses. You're just like, yeah, I'm just wearing them to remind me what it feels like to wear glasses. Like, I also like, okay. still, I still right. can't see, but they make me feel safe. <laughs> basically, yeah, basically. We do have one more question for you, Sarah. Bu- building, just building on the on the, the cochlear implant uh, discussion that we're having, and so throughout the movie, John Krasinski, Daddy, is trying to improve his daughter's cochlear implant technology. Um, but he, he honestly appears to be doing it with like old radio parts that he's like scavenged from, you know, fr- from God knows where. Radio Shack. Right? Um, <laughs> yeah, from Radio Shack. Um, do those exist? And anyway, it doesn't matter. Not now. Um, <laughs> not now. Not no, in the future. Not in COVID for sure. Not essential. Um, so but I guess what I'm getting at, what's the likelihood that he'd be able to upgrade and improve an existing cochlear implant with with those types of available yeah. parts. Um, Cause he does. He tries to fix it. I'm pretty sure he's able to accomplish that in the movie. Right. Yep. So. Yep. So this is a tough one because I guess if you were to ask me like how plausible is it for someone to fix their cochlear implant system at home using spare radio parts? Mm-hmm. I'd say like, hell no, no way. Not in a bazillion years. But um, for someone to like use a cochlear implant processor for another purpose like maybe i don't know like mm. the purpose that's in the movie where she outputs an acoustic signal into a microphone and blasts away the monsters like no because again the device only external equipment only outputs an rf frequency linking to the internal implant and electrical output from there but as far as could you utilize the coil in a speech processor like the external equipment and alter that radio frequency for some other transmission I don't see why not because right now it's uh-huh. it's designed for like a shortwave radio transmission, a maximum of like 10 millimeters in distance. And that's so that you can have two devices, like one on each ear and they not cause interference with each other. So there's a really short range right. transmission and it's also for battery life purposes and all of that. So I don't want to like never say never. I think you could totally repurpose some of that equipment and I don't know, jerry rig it to do something else, but definitely not right. to produce you know, a high pitched acoustic feedback signal. Like, no, so, not what he does is not possible. Based on what I now understand, correct me if this is wrong, but based on what I now understand about this processor, best case scenario, they could actually do something with the radio, but she holds it up to whatever the radio is using to detect short uh, radio frequencies, detects the frequency coming from the processor, and then they hear whatever that processor is like. Ch- converting over from sound right so could yeah. they use his radio equipment to pick up what the processor is outputting potentially potentially so yeah it just it just totally depends on the frequency transmission rate right but but yes technically I see. yeah but not the but then they'd also phone. still have to make noise because that's what the yes processor is converting yep 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 so i thought it was interesting like because i thought about that i'm like okay so this is an rf signal and what if we converted the RF signal from the speech processor into something that the monsters are susceptible to. Like, I don't know. Like, so they're susceptible to acoustic signals, but who's to say they aren't also susceptible to radio frequencies or whatever. But if they, like he uses radio transmissions earlier in the movie, like I, yes. that doesn't make yes. any sense. He literally right. exactly does all these SOS calls yeah. out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, nope, that doesn't work. I also love that he's doing all these SOS calls and he's got like a list of like every country in the world that he's crossing off a list. 
and like <laughs> no one's ever responded and then when they go to bed at night they light a fire on top of their grain silo to like signal to surrounding people that they're still alive and there's like multiple other people signaling back to them yeah there like, are. so there's mm-hmm. multiple people in your area but nobody else in the entire world <laughs> is alive yeah. except for in this one there location. are hot singles in your area but nowhere else <laughs> in the planet so that's but Sean, that is true of almost every disaster movie that we see that takes place in the United States, where everyone else has died, yeah. and the United States is the last bastion of humanity, which is the opposite oh, of absolutely. the coronavirus. Yes, which is the opposite of what we're currently experiencing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So I have uh, one more question that I wanted to ask Sarah, and hold on, I got to open up Instagram because it's on there. Um, but this is a good question. Uh, so this question was sent in by. <laughs> oh wait, what just happened? Oh, did Instagram what did you just, do? just say rap siren, rap siren, rap siren? Yeah, that's actually what the it's at rap siren, rap siren, rap siren, rap siren. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this is the rating zone, and Sarah, I know you don't listen to our show, but um, typically what we do here is that we rate the science in this movie first on a scale of one to five and then the entertainment on a scale of one to five so we, we you... actually do a scale of one to ten a lot of times if we if we really like care about the show we do that more. if you're a sinful bastard you do a scale of one to ten so is this where i say like saying. something point five so that the two of you destroy each other yes yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it will collapse the podcast from the inside sarah you can't <laughs> it's so tenuous already <laughs> <laughs> but please take it away uh, okay, so let me think about this. The science on a scale of one to five, I would give it like a one. It is, it's so bad. It's so, so oh, bad. Oh, damn. Wow, oh, shit. It just, ba- it just fails. So I have to tell you, like one of my best friends, her daughter has a cochlear implant. She's a teenager. She went to see uh, this movie in theaters when it first came out. And she was like, oh, it was so suspenseful. It was so awesome. And then they ruin it right at the end because they completely destroy everything that a cochlear implant like even does. You know, like it's, <laughs> you know, because she's a teenager who, like, I don't, don't like get me on my soapbox, right? But we know that cochlear implants can restore hearing, which restore hearing is a controversial word, but can give auditory perception to adults who've lost their hearing or in children. Like, if you diagnose a baby early enough with hearing loss and get them a cochlear implant, uh, by the age of one, by, like by their first birthday, if they're good full-time users, they can be in a mainstream classroom by the time they're in like preschool or or kindergarten. Oh, wow. hmm. I mean, they like kids do really really well with cochlear implants; they're super successful. Um, so, anyways, just thinking about like this particular friend of mine's daughter going to see a quiet place who has a cochlear implant. It literally, she's a freshman in college now, super successful, got great grades. Her speech is excellent. You would have no idea that she was born deaf. Um, she mm-hmm. went and saw a quiet place and was like, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell is this? Right. Sarah, I right. got to tell you, that's not the only movie out there that they linchpin shitty science for the entire plot. In. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to give it a one out of five for the science rating, just because it literally, the whole movie is centered around a cochlear implant and then it completely contradicts what a cochlear implant even does. Yeah, and fair. then um, entertainment-wise, I'm not one for, like, jumpy movies or scary movies in general, um, but mm-hmm. I was impressed. Like, it was a well-made movie. It held my All attention right. the whole time. It was it was good. I don't know quite the critic you guys are, but 
Like, I would give it entertainment value-wise, like, I don't know, 3.5 maybe. Like, so, like, a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I, I like, I was pissed yeah, at like the end. I'm not going to lie. I was really pissed at the end. But yeah. um, but overall, like, it was better than I thought it was going to be. Okay, good. Nice. That's good to hear. Okay, good. I'm going to feel like a real fucking putz uh, rating the science anything more than a 1 out of 5 in this film. Yeah, why don't you follow that, Ken? <laughs> I, I wanna, I'm going to do that. But first, uh, we fired Jerry, so we're going to have to get Gary in here to kick Sarah out of the studio. Hey, guys, it's me, Gary. Uh, Gary, you sound terrible, man. If you're sick, too, you've got to go Yeah, home. Jerry coughed in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, okay, take... Take, please escort Sarah out of the studio and just go home. Take the rest of the month off. Just okay. Gotta go. Hey, Gary, hold on a second. Before you take Sarah, let's thank you for coming on the show, Sarah. We really, really appreciate it. Yes, thank, thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much. That was wildly informative. You're welcome, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was nice to have some science on the show. It was. <laughs> yeah. It was. For a fucking change. <laughs> thank you so much. Okay, come this way, ma'am. Okay. All right. All right, Gary, get out of here. I'm sorry. Gary's such a doofus. Yeah, we should rehire Jerry. I, I yeah, we should. I don't care if he's sick. I want Jerry. Yeah, I don't back. think Gary's gonna work out. Okay. I no, I don't think so either. Also, his name's Gary. Ugh. Only Guys, snails are named Gary. Have you noticed that Gary sounds a lot like the alien in Men in Black? That's like the big cockroach guy. You mean the guy that wants the sugar yeah, water? Yeah, I feel like I heard Gary saying <laughs> sugar water. That's why his voice doesn't sound any good because he he needs sugar water. Yeah, I think Gary might be in a Men in Black alien. I'm fine with that, honestly. I could be. Well, you know what? We you think he's immune to Corona? I, I would assume virus? so. I would assume so if he's a Men in Black alien. Well, we don't yeah. know any entomologists, so I can just comfortably say that uh, cockroaches don't have a respiratory system, so they're obviously immune to Corona. Or uh, or milk. Yeah, or a soul. Or milk. There's no cockroach oh, milk. God, I forgot about cockroach milk. Hey, okay. we can't go down this fucking train I'm going to rate the science of this film, and I'm going to give it a one okay, out of five, because I don't want to sound stupid in front of your wife, Good, Sean. exactly. Uh, <laughs> Sarah already talked about why the science is bad in this film, but quite honestly, as kind of was alluded to, uh, that's you know this film was... Obviously, barely a science fiction film because there was no science in it, but this film was good. I actually really enjoyed this movie. There are some problems yeah. with the plot and some like issues with you know, minor pieces like the mystical whiteboard of information. Um, I thought it was insane that John Krasinski left the toy and then the batteries that power the toy on a counter next to a child that they're worried about making noise and then walked away from him and let him walk in the very back of the group. Yeah, anyway, sure, they're stressed sense. out parents, yeah. so whatever. Um, and then like, the ending where it got all diehard was bad. But otherwise, I'm going to give this movie a four out of five. Easy. Cool. All right. I, I'm i just going to go ahead and go. I'm also going to give the movie a one out of five for the science because I'm not going to contradict my wife, who's very, very smart. And, um, mm-hmm. you know. Your wife. My wife. Your wife. My wife. Uh, and I remember Borat. Yeah. Oh, man. What a great movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Five so, anyway, so the entertainment, I'm also gonna give it a four out of five, and like same lines uh, as what Kenan said. Uh, so Sarah and I, I don't really watch a lot of horror movies, and it's not that I don't like them. I just like, I don't know. I'm, I'm they're not my favorite type of genre. You get scared. But the thing is, like, there were a lot of things in this movie where it's like, why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? Like, this is really dumb, but the movie was still really good. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm, so yeah. I'm going to give it a four out of five, but that's like, 
I think that's actually saying a lot about how well they like filmed this movie and how good like the acting is and the scenes and everything. Um, because like yeah. they convey yeah. so much emotion without saying anything. But yeah. all of their behaviors are kind of dumb. But it's okay. It's also <laughs> the perfect length for the story. It didn't it didn't yes. need to be two and a half hours long and it wasn't. Exactly. We turned it on and I was like, 90 minutes? I already fucking love this movie. <laughs> Can't yeah, wait. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Right. All right, Pace. Uh-huh. Hit, us, hit us with that good good. Yeah, so I mean, I I don't want to. I just have one point to make about the science. Yeah, I 100% hear and understand and agree with uh, Sarah's assessment. It there's wasn't a lot of great science in the movie. I do want to say that relative to a lot of the other movies that we've watched, this movie had a lot more science in it, and ones that we have given a higher rating than one out of five for. So I, I'm going to give it a two. I'm going to give it a two Ooh, out of five. It was spicy. Um, but one of the reasons why I also liked it, aside from the um, you could give it like a two out of ten. No, I think two out of five is good. Okay. Because, the, w- because two out of ten would be one out of five, and I'm just saying the same thing, right? Um, so four out of ten or two out of five. And because I also enjoyed a little bit of a, a brain, um, a little bit of a brain journey that I went on when imagining what, um, what environmental conditions led to the evolution of these creatures because i imagine these are aliens that basically live up and grew up and evolved upon a world with no sun no light um and that basically evolved to become these invince functionally invincible creatures um that hunt via sound uh without the need of light uh that are actually appear to be pretty evolutionarily superior um for for killing things and i liked that can, that was cool can i piggyback on your point here and propose yes. maybe a pitch black scenario uh in which yes. the organisms hunt only at night hey guys uh, that's also did possible did you guys forget yes. about the existence of bats did you like forget that that was a thing i was going to say that they involve no i mean bats yeah sure bats and their echolocation they're cool and way all less but, like, fucking fun way less fun i'm just yeah, saying like there yeah, are yeah, organisms exactly. on earth that are nocturnal that use sound to directionally locate what they're doing and hunt like that's that's a thing that's there's bats. i can't believe hey, you're taking this away hey, from pace during his dr buzzkill Do- no one no one paged dr buzzkill you can go back to your office mm-hmm. oh right. okay i'll just get back okay. to my office i'll just get right right all right, cool. Hey, get, get cool. all right. No, you know what, Gary, you just stay hey, over don't there. Do the bit. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, for the entertainment, I'm also giving it a, a four out of five. I, I really liked the film. I thought it was really well, really, really. Uh, the cinematography was, was great, uh, highly suspenseful, but also it was highly spe- like suspenseful and a good example of something that is highly thrilling, mm-hmm. but not dumb supernatural shit that we get shoved down our throats every day. I really liked it. Um, so yeah, I'm just gonna leave it at that. Yeah, this was a movie where I think the tension, like family dynamic tension in lieu of the death of a loved one yeah. was actually done well because there's so many times yes. where I don't buy it or where, where I think it's pretty hand fisted and this actually did it pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. because it left mm-hmm. it as like an underlying issue. It didn't belabor it over and over again. It just let us understand that that was what was happening. And then that fleshed out and then that ceased. And agreed. It, the movie agreed. ended with, uh, Emily Blunt cocking with a shotgun. So I don't, I, I they just like <laughs> lost the tenor of the movie at some point, but, uh, otherwise they I did. The was ending was wild and, and just completely threw the whole well, mood off. But, and like oh the, well, whole, what are you gonna the do? whole thing about this apocalypse, right? Is that like these creatures are like extremely hard to kill because their armors are like fucking invincible but apparently like a shotgun to the face is fine so like 
Well, just, so she did shoot the shotgun they're when exposing it's, flesh. Yeah, when it's like little like face plates were open. Like that was the shtick, is that the face plates were open when she shot it in the face. Oh. Yeah. So okay. they weakened it with the uh with the, with the implant. Right, okay. the not real thing very poorly grounded. Not real thing. It's the primary the flaw. Yes. With a shotgun, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. I'll whatever, that's fine. We anyways. I'm gonna stop griping. That's all right. This is what this show is for. Also, what this show is for is answering listener questions. So maybe we should do some of that. Hey, guys. Cool. Let's do it. We got questions via Facebook. Oh, fuck. (gasps) Yes. What? Yes. Holy shit. Friend of the show, Sid Gupta, my lab mate, my partner who sits next to me. Hold on. How old is Sid? Sid? He's like basically the same age as us. Whoa. He's like, yeah. Uh, he's actually two years younger than than me. This and is I'm, unprecedented for two reasons. He DM'd me on Facebook, so... <laughs> Holy shit. All right, well, let's hear those cues. All right, so Sid, friend of the show, asks, How did aliens, incapable of sight, get in a spaceship and navigate through space to Earth? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Did we confirm that they're aliens? Like, are they definitely aliens? I mean, they... They are. Okay. Like, how could they not Here, be? I know this to be the case. Okay. L- okay, Pace has an answer. Let me something to you. I read, I read... I have an answer. I read about an interview with John Krasinski, who wrote the film. Supposedly, these are aliens... Okay. ...who, uh, who grew up on some sort of um, uh, lightless planet. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, but there, there was, there was some tragedy, some explosion shit that caused them to leave their planet. It wasn't important for the plot. The point was that they had to leave. Um, they hitched a ride on fucking asteroids <laughs> and, and nice. gently and landed asteroids. on the earth. Hell yeah! And landed on the earth. Yes, that's what that is from John Krasinski in an interview that I read. Um, it's wild. <laughs> doesn't seem plausible that's really um, good because that is straight up the answer of a man who is tired of answering questions about the movie he just exactly yeah, is, yes, they were like what yes. are the creatures he should just been like it's up to you the creatures it's are all a, in your mind the viewer yeah he should just <laughs> been like wait for the sequel wait for the sequel wait for the sequel so wait so the quiet place to electric boogaloo so, so there was an <laughs> asteroid with a bunch of fucking aliens just like sitting on top yeah. Uh, and it crash landed on Earth, and they were like, "All right, cool, sounds good. I'm I'm completely not destroyed in this crash landing." Well, Sean, they have armor plating. So oh, also, the Earth isn't fucking destroyed in this asteroid crash landing. I assume they're small <laughs> asteroids. Still, though, like they're small the, pebbles, small, very small. The rocks. asteroids that hit that actually like impact Earth's surface, they can be like, I mean, even if it's I don't know, gigantic extinction events. But, yeah, sure, like if it was sure. like a mile wide. Right? Like, think about a mile and, like, an entire species coming to populate the entire planet. Yeah. Like, a mile-wide asteroid would really fuck shit up, like, a lot on Earth. Oh, yeah, 100%. True. True. So, yeah. A baseball-sized asteroid would level a part of a town. Yeah, right, exactly. And you need something big enough to hold at least two creatures on it, assuming they're not reproducing asexually, which they probably aren't. So I should actually say a car-sized asteroid. A baseball-sized asteroid would create Get a to windshield. Impact. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it would definitely punch a hole through a lot of things. Yes, for sure. So, anyways. That's a good question. Thanks, John. Yeah, thanks a lot, John. For your shit. Oh, yeah. So, oh, sorry. Thank you, Sid. Thank you, Sid, for your question. Yeah, okay. I was going to say. So, Sid, basically, they couldn't. That's the answer to your question. And John Krasinski just gave you some bullshit to try and stop your questions, but we we know that's not going to stop you. Um, And so, Sid actually sent in a second question. 
And Sid asks, are there any Earth animals with similar auditory features like the moving external ear flaps? Um, And I would say that, like, the closest I could think of is something like, we talked about owls, but Mm -hmm. also, like, bats, they just have massive ears. And they can, you know, move them directionally. They don't, like, pop out like the uh, creatures in this movie. But I feel like that's more of the armor than the actual ear part itself. You know? Yeah, I think I think you're right. Yeah, it's a protective sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. but it's also very clear um, that they're using it to funnel sound too in the film. So like, I definitely buy that. I think barn owls is like a really good example. Bats are yeah. not bad, but bats obviously use echolocation versus like direct auditory stimulation from uh, external sources in order to like figure out where shit is. So yeah, but I mean like yeah, less you know, so. It's like the same thing. Yeah, it's know? close. It's just like noise coming back at you, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think something that's also really inter- interesting to me is that a lot of uh, beings on Earth that, that actually have really, really good hearing don't do it through a traditional, I mean, through a traditional sort of like ear structure because like like moths and dolphins both have really, really, really good hearing, um, but they they don't have wildly mobile ear structures that they do it through. It's, it's through, a, that's... Again, through like the, the fixed structures. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the echolocation. So mm-hmm. um, there's there's more ways to achieve uh, superior hearing than just a very very sophisticated external ear structure. Right. But well, and no dolphins are hearing Reese's. Sorry, what? <laughs> no, Did you say there's no wrong way to eat Reese's? <laughs> How could you? Sorry, please continue. Dolphins are also hearing through a different medium, right? Like they're hearing through water, yeah. which is yep. Huge difference. Yeah. 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 They're using pressure changes in water too. Yeah, instead of pressure changes in air. Which yep. so so yeah, Sid, to answer your question, we don't we don't fucking know. Come on. What did you thought you'd get an answer to that question? Yeah, what do you think? This is a science podcast? Yeah, come on, Sid. You know what I know. Ask me about viruses or something. Hell yeah. So we got another question. Thank you very hey, much. Wait, wait, wait. thank you for the question. Thank you, Sid. Oh, hundred percent. We got another question actually on our Instagram, which is great. Love that traffic. Uh from Kelly E. McCardley E. Uh, can y'all talk about what's going on in that silo? I don't understand why certain things are sinking while others are mysteriously staying afloat. Like, I understand density at a basic level, but why isn't the monster sinking? Seems pretty sketchy at certain points. Good Kelly, fucking question. Kelly, that's a great question because I was screaming at the TV while we were watching this yes. going, why are they sinking? This doesn't make any fucking sense. Stop moving. Hashtag surface <laughs> tension? Yeah. Yes. Sure, sure. So I like, mean, like, it's like quicksand, right? Like, this is the, the immediate idea that you could be thinking yes. of here yes um but requires less pressure because all the objects that are moving about are larger rather than the grains of sand suspended in water so like to sean's point while they're moving and while all of the pressure is positioned at single points all standing or falling into it like they're going to be sinking but then also the monster jumps into the fucking silo and just sort of chills on it dumb yeah like the thing is if if they just like stopped like i could see maybe if you're flailing a lot then you would maybe start sinking because you're essentially like digging a hole into the the grains displacing the material right but if you Uh, just stopped moving you're not gonna fucking sink you're not standing on water like you're you're gonna be fine so they could also just like do what they did i guess when they rolled the door over and laid under it and suddenly weren't sinking again i assume 
it's because they were laying on their backs. So increasing their surface area, making it yeah. less likely for them to sink. Also, the door just like fell from a pretty large height and just landed on top and like didn't sink at all. Didn't like it. it yeah, yeah. It literally cuts in and then doesn't sink at all. Yeah. And then he's sitting there wiggling and he moves like all the way down into the uh, the corn. Yeah, it was... Uh, it. Hey, Kelly, it was bullshit. I'm just going to tell you that. Yeah. It was bullshit. That was just yeah. a little bit of movie magic they tried to trick you with and it didn't work. Movie magic. A little bit of movie magic for the children of the corn. Thank you very much for the question. Oh. I appreciate it. Thank you, Thanks, Kelly. Thanks, Kelly. So the last thing we got was uh, another, actually a comment from Kelly on Twitter. Fuck, she's on like all the platforms. Uh, where Fuck. she says, the mother is shown homeschooling her son in part of Shakespeare's Sonnet 18, Shall I Compare Thee to a Summer's Day, is written on a board with a scansion of the iambic pentameter marked out. And to be honest, I want to know how she's te- teaching him about metrical poetry in silence. So this is a poetry style in which the... Uh, the meter of the poem is heard through sound and she has it marked out on the poem, but is also not speaking at all while teaching him this. So Kelly made the point during the movie, why would she be teaching her son this in a world where no one can say any words? See that, that yeah. 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 That's a good point. Unless it's, unless yeah. they just have waterfall poetry thing. sessions. They have what? Waterfall, waterfall poetry, poetry sessions. sessions. <laughs> then waterfall. Yeah, there it is. Perfect. They all gather that's by the it. waterfall and and they quote right, Shakespeare right. to each other. Mm-hmm. I love this. That's this is good. That's beautiful as fuck. Yeah. Hey, you, you know what? You huh. gotta get by in those tough times after everyone's dead. So I guess I, I think I really just want to go learn poetry by a waterfall now. That sounds wonderful. Hopefully, I mean, we can you've go got out. Time. Let's. That's true. That's true. Let's end this show so we can go hang out by a waterfall and learn poetry. Okay, let's fucking do that. So for starters, thank you everybody for sending in questions. Big thank to uh, Dr. Sarah Crossan for coming on the show and talking about ears in ways that we could never possibly imagine discussing. Thanks, I would also like to thank everybody who is a patron on Patreon. Big shout out to Erin Roby, and I assume also her partner Robbie Zinn is in on this, but thank you very much for becoming a patron on Patreon. It's Hold on. Great. Aaron's last name is Roby. Yeah, Roby. I literally thought they made a fucking joint email. <laughs> I was so <laughs> confused. I was like, Aaron nice. Robbie, what? Nice. Two people in yeah, one they're email? Just, they're just that much of a couple. They're that they're absolutely that couple. Oh, they would do they that. They have though. matching tracksuits and then they wrote that email together. <laughs> okay, this makes a lot more sense to me. So, so sorry. <laughs> Aaron and Robbie, send in three movies you want us to watch. Please, God, make at least one of them grounded in science, and we will talk about one of those movies. Uh, but we have to tell you guys what movie we're going to watch next, and I don't remember what it is. So, someone? We are going to watch uh, The Core, which... Are we? I, hey, Kenan, that's what you... Yeah, we're going to watch that's The That's what core. you told me we're watching. Yeah, that's fair. I did. This was a bit. My sister suggested that we watch The Core. Thank you, Megan Smith, for suggesting this terrible movie. Okay, let's see. Hold on. I'm looking it up. It's a 2003 action film. Just, I can tell you from literally just looking at the poster and the, like, clip of the trailer that it looks terrible, so. It's like, what if Armageddon, but underground? That's the plot of this film. I'm very on board with that. Yes. Okay, I can't wait to watch this. Oh, boy. You should be fucking ready. It was directed by uh, John Emile, who also who also directed Entrapment, hmm. starring Charlie Theron and Sean Connery. So, okay, buckle the fuck up. All right, cool. All it's right, well, I can't wait to watch this. Yeah, 
It's going to be great. So send us all your questions about, uh, I guess, geology, uh, tectonic plates, yeah. you know, earth science, that sort of thing. Actually, send us about send us questions about the center of the earth. We haven't gotten to talk about a journey to the center of the earth on this show yet. That's we true. were saving that for when Six Brendan Fraser was going to come on the show. It's true, but he's not going to do it. He's on Doom Patrol now. He doesn't care about us anymore. Oh, okay. He's off killing mummies. Pace, if they were going to send in questions, how would they do that? They could do it through a lot of different mediums. You could send them to us on our email, realsciencecast at gmail.com. You could find us on Twitter at realsciencecast or on Instagram at realsciencecast or search realsciencecast on Facebook. Hell yeah, you can. And for all of you people out there who are really into cats and not into dogs, you could send the fine folks <laughs> over at realsciencecats at gmail.com an email and talk about how much you love those fine, fine felines and ask some cat-based science questions for them to answer. We love cat science questions true we do and we also just love oh shit i forgot to do the quote segment hey guess what no guess what i here's the thing though i looked Mm -hmm. up the quotes on rotten tomatoes and imdb and there are no quotes for the movie on either website probably because no one says anything (laughs) so (laughs) wait hold on i can do my favorite quote in the movie by john krasinski That's it. That's the quote. That was excellent. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank you. Thank Kenan. you, everybody, for tuning in. I'm really sorry about yours. And thank you to uh, who does our Otis McDonald. Otis McDonald. Thank he you. He doesn't know we exist. Thank you for the intro and outro. He eventually, once once we become a famous podcast, he'll be like, wait, I've been doing the intro and outro for the show for like five years. Mm-hmm. Since 2017. Yeah. yeah. And then he'll charge us a million dollars. So, 2022 we become famous? oh yeah for sure is we gotta wait is? for the coronavirus to die down once it does though mm. then people will be out they'll be driving listening to podcasts our listenership know? has dropped a little bit after corona nobody's driving their cars anymore oh what they should That's listen actually a really good point. you know what we should tell hey everybody when you're in your house facetime with your uh with your friends and tell them to stop using their screens and start listening to podcasts yeah tell that? them to unplug yeah. and then replug but listen to podcasts instead of watching things yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Thank you, everybody. We really appreciate it. We have to end this show or Pace is going to turn into a pumpkin and I want some more whiskey. So I love you all. My oh, name yeah. is Kenan Smith. My name is Sean Carlson. And I'm Michael Pace. And, uh, and remember, you don't need good science to make a good movie. Just watch A Quiet Place. <laughs>